All right, we are live here with a Schloss rant live from Ballackinwood, Pennsylvania. The New York Yankees have defeated the Cleveland Guardians three games to two, and they're going to the American League Championship Series, and they're going to face the Houston Astros, our bitter, bitter, bitter rival. I'm all pumped up. We got also the New York football giants sitting now at 5-1 and one in second place in the NFC East behind the Philadelphia Eagles. And we're going to get into those topics in a little bit. But we didn't do the NFL picks last week. We didn't do a breakdown right away of the Giants postgame. We're recording this Sunday night. A lot of things going on over the weekend between, you know, my – family stuff with the cousin's second, the cousin, I guess my second cousin, technically my niece, her second birthday party. And then on Sunday after the Giant game, going to meet the great Molly Yeh of the Food Network. So we were a little busy this past weekend, and we wanted to get into a little bit with the Yankees as well. And the Yankees, of course, after Sunday night, the series wasn't over, thankfully, because they did defeat Cleveland to even it up at two. And then all the crazy rainouts yesterday, Monday. So no NFL picks from the past weekend, so nothing to highlight there. No Giants instant reaction. But we got the Yankees moving on to the American League Championship Series. And we've got the New York football Giants in 5-1. and one, So I want to break this all down. But let's turn to the story of the night, which is the New York Yankees. Tonight in this game, this team had all the pieces in the right spot. Nestor Cortez working on three days rest. That was huge. He set the tone. Five innings, one run ball. You know, five innings isn't a whole heck of a lot. But nowadays, especially if you're going on three days rest, he did more than enough to put his team in position to win the game. Johnny Lasagna was unbelievable out of the pen. Holmes was great out of the pen. Wandy was great out of the pen. The Yankees did their formula that worked in 96. It worked in 98, it worked in 99, it worked in 2000, it worked in 2009, which was power and pen. Yes, the starting pitching was good, but it's five innings. But what was there was the power. John Carlos Stanton with the huge three-run home run to set the tone early in the game. Aaron Judge added one as well from the solo variety. Rizzo, the next best player on the game, the next 30 home run manager on the team, driving in a run as well. That's the formula this team needs to follow and needs to take it into Houston. You know, Houston's got good pitching. I know Verlander wasn't great in round one against Seattle. He kind of spit the bit. But they got Framber Valdez. They got Verlander. You definitely fear, fear McCullers. You don't, you know, they're going to have some tricky matchups. But if you can hit the long ball, if you're the Yankees, you can hit the ball out of the park and you can pitch well out of the bullpen, even without, you know, a big-time closer. Chapman is no longer on the roster. I mean, I'd be stunned if they brought him back for the American League Championship Series. I think he's done, you know, most, you know, pretty much almost 100%. And obviously there's no Mariano Rivera. There's not even a guy like, you know, a David Robertson who'd be an established type of closer. So this team is going to have to show it to you with multiple levels out of the pen. And again, I love what Lasagna does, Johnny Lasagna does. I love what Wandy Peralta does. And Clay Holmes, he's kind of inconsistent, kind of all over the place. But if he's going to be the dominant Clay Holmes, and that's going to be one of the keys to this series, 
the Yankees have got a good chance to win this series. And I know Houston is favored. I think they're sitting right now at about minus 180, minus 185 to win the series, to go on to the American, to represent the American League in the World Series. But I think that the Yankees have a chance. I think especially if you're going to get the power bats to show up and maybe you get other guys, part, you know, participating, getting in there with some big clutch hits. Maybe Matt Carpenter plays a little more in this series. You know, he's a guy who caught fire when he came up to the Yankees this year after he got his release from Texas. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do in left field now because Hicks is not going to be able to play. He went over to New York Presbyterian for some x-rays and whatnot, and it sounded pretty serious because of that collision in game five tonight. So what the Yankees have to do now, you got to figure out left field. That's the number one thing. I think they go Carpenter out there. I think they want to get – there's a guy who's got some postseason experience back in the day with the St. Louis Cardinals. I think you want to go maybe with Matt Carpenter. If you don't do that, maybe you stick Stanton out there in left field and kind of work – work some things different ways there. You know, it's not – if LeMayu could come back and he could DH and maybe Stanton could go ahead and play left field, you know, you might have something cooking there. But I don't think LeMayu is going to be able to come back either. Ben Attendee's not going to be coming back either. So you really have to figure out left field. And it's kind of looking like some combination of Carpenter or taking Stanton and putting him out in left field, a position that he plays quite well. You know, and I think ultimately he's more comfortable as a hitter when he plays that outfield because this year primarily as a DH, he only hit 211. But you know what? This is the postseason. And John Carlos Stanton for three straight years as a member of the Yankees has been nothing but clutch and coming through with timely and setting and table-setting home runs. Even in game two, he hit that two-run home run. You know, they blew the, the Yankees blew the lead, but he was clutch then. Can't tell me he wasn't. Can't tell me he wasn't clutch last year in the, you know, the one-game wild card. He had a home run. Can't tell me he wasn't clutch in the bubble series in San Diego against Tampa Bay in 2020. So, John Carlos Stanton is a big-time postseason player. And if you're Stanton, you have a chance here to add on to a possible Hall of Fame career if you knock out the Astros and win the World Series and you're the best and most clutch player in the series. I know Judge had the 62 home runs this season, but I think if you ask a lot of Yankee fans, they'll tell you that Stanton is the guy that usually comes up with the clutch hits in these postseason games. And if he's able to kind of be the lead dog hitting the bigger home runs, making, you know, the clutch, you know, hitting the clutch home runs, I think he's got a chance to add to his legacy and possibly get himself into the Hall of Fame discussion going forward because having a championship in which you're the leader on the team, I know, again, I know this sounds crazy with Aaron Judge doing what he did. He hit a home run tonight, hit a home run, you know, another home run throughout the series. But I think Stanton's clutchness, if he's the guy that you think of, why were the Yankees able to win the whole thing? Why were they able to get to the World Series? You think about Stanton maybe being able to do the, being able to do those things, having a clutch bat. So I think from that standpoint, there's a lot on the line here with John Carlos Stanton, and I think his role might be shifted if he's got to go out there, take his glove, and go play left field. And I think he plays a good left field, and I think in Houston, the left field I don't think it's too deep. I don't think it should be too too much to handle for him, 
defensively, and he's got a cannon for an arm too anyway. So those, those are, he can make any throw out there in the outfield as needed. Now, from a Yankee fan standpoint, if you're a Yankee fan like me, like a lot of other people out there, I know the Yankees are the most popular team throughout the world in baseball. You want revenge against Houston. They beat us in 15. They beat us in 17, cheating their rear ends off. They beat us in 19, allegedly, maybe, possibly, buzzer boy Altuve out there, you know, with the, the craziness of, you know, covering up himself and running into the locker room. We've, we've been there. We've covered this before with the Schloss Rams. You want revenge. You don't just want to beat this team. You want to rip their hearts out. You want every game to be close, and you want to win every single one of them. You want to sweep them in one-run fashion in each game in dramatic walk-offs and dramatic, you know, just craziness where the Astros and the Astro fans are just sitting there thinking, how do we lose this game? That's what I want as a Yankee fan. I want revenge. I'm sick and tired of losing to this stupid team and their stupid orange and blue uniforms. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of thinking about this stupid cheater, Jose Altuve. I'm sick of it. I want to beat this team. I want revenge, and I want to beat this stupid team. And I don't want to think Justin Verlander, who I don't want to think about Justin Verlander, who at one time was my favorite player in baseball, and how the Yankees didn't trade for him in that old-school waiver trade deadline, how the Astros got that trade in in 2017 right at the last possible second. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about losing to him anymore. And I know nothing but respect for Verlander. He's a Hall of Famer. He showed you even at 38 years old this year, you know, he might have a chance of winning the Cy Young. He showed you how great he was. But I don't want to think about losing to this stupid team anymore. I want to beat them. I want to beat them, and I want to rip their hearts out, and I want them to lose in the most excruciating way possible. It felt good to let it out. But the Yankees are going to the American League Championship Series. The postseason baseball, it's totally different than regular season baseball. You can be someone like me who, as the years have gone on, has kind of lost interest, so to speak, in the regular season baseball. But when it gets to postseason baseball and it gets to playing the Houston Astros, I'm fired up. I don't want to beat that team. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Yankee, other Yankee fans, you should be too. It's good, I think, that there's no rest into tomorrow, that they're playing right away on Wednesday. you got a couple of afternoon games in the beginning of the series. It should be exciting, but I want to beat the Houston Astros. Now, on to more positive. The New York football Giants are 5-1. and one. This is their best start since 09, and I think – if you're a fan of the two, you know, true blue New York teams, meaning the Yankees and the Giants like me, this is the most confident you felt about these two teams collectively since 2009, where the Giants started off at 5-0 and and the Yankees were knee-deep in an October run, beating the Twinks, beating the Angels, and beating the Philadelphia Phillies. And I know the Phillies are in the NLCS again this year. So you're feeling confident. Now, the one thing that's just crazy, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who they're going to play this week down in Florida, they're a four-point favorite, the Jags, the Jags. And the Jags are two and four. So this just goes to show you the Giants are kind of doing it right now with a little bit of luck. There's no doubt about it. 
Jackson threw just an absolutely awful interception, and Julian Love returned it for 27 yards. So the people who are kind of analyzing these games, trying to make these lines, they're, they're thinking that this Giants team has been getting away with luck, getting away with coming back from double digits week after week. And they're thinking, you know what, Jacksonville, early in the year they were 2-1. and one. Lawrence was showing you that he's an improved player. They have good running backs in James Robinson and Travis Etienne. They have a good pass rush, you know, the number one pick from last year. I don't even remember his name, but I know he's a pretty good player. Trayvon Walker, there we go. So that's what they're thinking. You know, if it was at a neutral site, it's, you know, you take away the three points. So essentially the Jags are favored by one if this was at a neutral site. But it's in Jacksonville, so they're favored by four. And the Giants are a team that has played excellent this year as underdogs. They've won plenty of games so far as underdogs. They're going to be able to go down there. And Jones, so far this season, has played pretty much mistake-free football. And that's what he's going to need to continue to do. Because the Giants are doing a good job. The reason that they're in these games is because they're managing the turnovers. They're not just giving the ball away. They're aided huge in a huge way by getting a lot of penalty yards in their favor. But Baltimore was undisciplined. And I think Harbaugh, I think he should be on the hot seat to kind of like shift gears here. That's a team that, you know, had a horrendous, absolutely horrendous illegal formation play that moved it back, which led Jackson to have to throw the ball to begin with. And, you know, Marcus Peters on the Ravens, he should have known not to tackle the Giants tight end in the end zone, which negated what would have been the game ceiling interception. Now, the only reason he intercepted the ball was because he shoved the Giants tight end out of the way. But I think that Harbaugh has kind of lost his team a little bit, especially last year with all the crazy times going for two, doing all sorts of weird things from a coaching standpoint. But the Giants are still 5-1. and one. I still like their chances, even though they're four-point underdogs in Jacksonville, because I think they're going to come out there ready to play. I think they're going to play mistake-free football. And I think Jones is going to continue to kind of manage the game, rely on the running backs, Barkley, and even Bright, Breed has done a good job. Gary Brightwell has done a good job as well. He's kind of developed a nice little rapport with his tight ends, with Sorensen, with Hudson, with Bellinger. Those three guys have done a good job, also with the blocking standpoint. And one other thing with the Giants. I have torn Dave Gettleman apart. I've rearranged him so badly how much I've torn him apart. But he's drafted some guys that clearly had potential with Dexter Lawrence, with Andrew Thomas, with Saquon Barkley even. you know, I mean, I know Barkley showed it right away from his first year. And as long as he's healthy, he's a dominant running back. But what's been so good for the Giants is that Dayball's come in and he's brought out that potential. So the one thing I can continue to criticize Gettleman is he didn't put the right coach in place to get the most out of these high draft picks. Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas, Saquon Barkley, and even Daniel Jones. You know, to a certain extent, I thought Jones's rookie season was was okay. I thought he was headed on to big things when Pat Shermer was there. And I think that what Dayball has been able to do specifically with Jones, the reason why they're having this success, is he's putting him in a position to make simple throws and use his legs to do what he does best. 
I know the touchdowns aren't there because he's only got three throwing, but he's ran for a couple. And I think that he's what Dable's done with Jones is when he needs to make a big throw, he's called – they've had plays ready to go that set him up in a position to make that big throw in which the Giants have the advantage, in which the Giants' personnel and scheme outmatches the personnel and scheme from the defense. And I know Dayball is not call, calling the plays. I know that Kafka's doing it, and Kafka's coaching his rear end off up there in the booth as the offensive coordinator. But I think that overall, Dable has done a good job of getting back to basics with Jones and putting him in a position in which he can succeed and help move the ball down the field and then also still rely on those legs when necessary because that is his best talent on the football field. You know, I know the, the throwing's been improved, but his best talent on the football field is relying on those legs. And I think when you're a quarterback like Jones or really any quarterback – and you're going through year after year a new coach or a new coordinator or a new system, it's like learning a new language. If you ask anyone who's played in the NFL, even if you ask anyone, you know, who played high school football, college football, if you change play, if you change offensive philosophies, if you change playbooks, there's new terminologies. You know, even as simple as like if you're running, you know, let's say it's a simple play or read option, that might be called something different with different teams. They might call it a veer, you know, a veer right, a veer left. So different terminology. It's tricky to just come in there and keep changing things up. But I think Dable's got him in a position in which, it's, you know, the plays are simple enough and it's putting him in position to make good throws that are accurate and have him take care of the ball and not, create extra possessions to the opponents. So I'm pumped that the Giants are 5-1. and one. You know, this is not the time to be criticizing people from the Giants' standpoint because, again, we've seen nothing but garbage for the, you know, the better part of 11 or 12 years here. So I'm pumped up. I'm excited the Giants are 5-1. and one. I'm pumped up the Yankees are in the ALCS. You should be too if you're a fan of these two teams. And first pitch tomorrow can't get here soon enough. I mean, we're looking at less than 24 hours already with that 7.07 pitch. It's now 9.47 here on the East Coast. So big win tonight by the Yankees. Giants looking pretty good. You know, they're four-point dogs this weekend in Jacksonville at the time of this recording. Again, 9.47 right now here on Tuesday night. Schlossman, live from Ballard-Kinwood, Pennsylvania. Let's go, Yankees. Let's go, Yankees. Let's freaking go, Yankees.